Welcome to Medical Motherhood for February 12th, 2023. I'm Shasta Kearns-Moore. Medical Motherhood is a weekly Substack newsletter and podcast on the experience of raising disabled and neurodivergent children. Sign up for a free subscription at medicalmotherhood.com. Well, it's the second Sunday of the month, and every second Sunday we've run Where is the Manual for This? A four-panel line-drawing cartoon by Lenore Eklund. This month, we are introducing Clarissa Kent, Disability Defender, a Supermama superhero. Lenore and I were laughing a while back about a reverse superhero, one who dresses in street clothes to do heroic, life-saving activities by day, but then on rare occasions dresses up in a leotard to do, well, absolutely nothing by herself in bed with takeout. (laughs) That's how this medical motherhood life feels sometimes. I love what Lenore did with the concept, and I look forward to more in the Supermama Disability Defender series, to truth, justice, and the medical motherhood way. In the first panel of the cartoon this month, Aie is written across the top, and a mother pops out of bed with a surprised expression. The caption reads, a superhero lives among us. In the second panel, a hand reaches for a syringe labeled rescue meds. The caption reads, By day, she is Clarissa Kent. In the third panel, the mom is cradling a young child with a trach tube. They are smiling at each other. The caption reads, As the disability defender, only family knows her true identity. In the final panel, she sips tea and looks out the window at a cityscape of people going about their lives. The caption reads, Her heroics may go unnoticed, but she stands as a beacon of hope in a world that needs it. Time now for Medical Motherhood's News Roundup, snippets of news and opinion from outlets around the world. From the New York Times, How Educators Secretly Remove Students with Disabilities from School. Roseburg, Oregon teen Dakota Levine's tumultuous educational journey has been marked by a series of tactics known as informal removals that schools secretly and sometimes illegally use to remove challenging students with disabilities from class. The removals, which can include repeated dismissals in the middle of the day or shortening students' education to a few hours a week, are often in violation of federal civil rights protections for those with disabilities. In a report last year, the National Disability Rights Network, a national nonprofit established by Congress more than four decades ago, found informal removals occurring hundreds and perhaps thousands of times a year as off-the-book suspensions. The report said the removals also included transfers to nowhere, where students are involuntarily sent to programs that do not exist. The removals largely escape scrutiny because schools are not required to report them in the same manner as formal suspensions and expulsions, making them difficult to track and their impact hard to measure. 
but interviews with families, educators, and experts, as well as a New York Times review of school emails, special education records, and other documents, suggests that informal removals are pernicious practices that harm some of the nation's most vulnerable children. Students are left academically stifled and socially marginalized. Their families often end up demoralized and desperate. The reality is that there are children in this country who are still considered of insufficient quality to go to school, said Diane Smith-Howard, a lawyer with the National Disability Rights Network. This would never be deemed acceptable for students without disabilities. This week, Mrs. Levine, who is now connected with a group of attorneys, testified to the Oregon legislature in support of a bill that would limit the use of abbreviated school days in the state. It is one of several Oregon efforts, including a closely watched class action lawsuit, to curb or eliminate the practice. It might not help Dakota, Ms. Levine said of her testimony, but hopefully it will do something for kids in the future. From KGW News Channel 8, parents fight to make Oregon's paid caregiver program permanent. Salem, Oregon. A group of Oregon parents are fighting to keep a pandemic program in place permanently, calling it a lifeline for their children and their families. During the Federal Public Health Emergency, or PHE, that began at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, parents of children with serious disabilities and medical needs could be their child's caregiver. With the PHE set to expire in May, parents who have benefited from this temporary exception are fighting to create a permanent program within the state. When the pandemic hit, many things changed for people, including the family of Gabriel Triplett. I am a dad of a 10-year-old awesome disabled boy, he said. During the pandemic, it just became extremely unsafe for anyone to allow outsiders in their home, let alone for the most medically fragile kids, so we didn't. His son, Oscar, qualifies for disability services through Medicaid, including in-home hours staffed by a support worker. Under the PHE, his parents could fulfill that role. The red tape was allowed to fall away, and his mom was allowed to be his paid caregiver, Triplett said, and since that happened, my son has not been admitted, admitted to the hospital, and being admitted to the hospital was a common thing for us before this program. Dozens of parents shared similar stories and hoped to fund a permanent paid parent caregiver program citing better, more personalized care on top of a severe lack of support workers, a shortage made worse during the pandemic. This week, many brought those experiences to a committee hearing in Salem. Just a note here that I am a member of Advocates for Disability Supports, the group pushing for a paid parent caregiver program in Oregon, and I also testified at that hearing in Salem this week. I will talk about that more in a future episode. From Disability Scoop, Biden renews calls to invest in services for people with disabilities. President Joe Biden used his State of the Union address to double down on his plan to reinvigorate the nation's home and community-based services system. During the speech this week, Biden called on Congress to invest in services that allow people with disabilities to receive care in their homes. Last month, a group of federal lawmakers sought to revive an earlier proposal by introducing a bill known as the Better Care, Better Jobs Act that would provide states the opportunity for a permanent 10 percentage point increase in the federal Medicaid matching funds for home and community-based services. The push to invest in home and community-based services 
comes as disability service providers continue to struggle to attract and retain direct support professionals, a challenge exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic. A survey last fall of providers nationwide found that the vast majority are turning away new referrals and have discontinued programs and services. Medical Motherhood brings you quality news and information for raising disabled and neurodivergent children. Get it delivered to your inbox each Sunday morning or give a gift subscription. Subscriptions are free with optional tiers of support. Thank you to our paid subscribers. Follow Medical Motherhood on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, or Pinterest. The podcast is also available in your feeds on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Visit the Medical Motherhood merchandise store through a link on our website. Do you have a story to share or an injustice that needs investigation? Tell me about it, and it may become a future issue. Thank you for listening. Our music was composed by Ehimitsu and used under a Creative Commons license. Mama Radio, all mama all day.